Hi everyone, I'm Manpreet and I'm an internal medicine trainee and going to be starting my derm training in February at GSTT. Um, and Naren, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, hello, I'm Naren. I'm an ST5 registrar and I'm in the Southwest London region, including St. George's and St. Helier Hospital. Great, so um, for this particular knowledge video, we're going to be talking about uh, drug reactions. Um, and in particular, we're going to be talking about DRESS syndrome, which is a rare but an, uh, an important um, condition for you to know about for your dermatology interview and for dermatology practice. Now, there are a whole uh, spectrum of dermatology um, like drug reactions to, to know about from kind of simple reactions to more advanced and more severe and we will go through them in other videos but like I said the focus of this will be dress syndrome. So what is dress syndrome? So just to start off with so dress uh, stands for um, drug reaction with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms um, and sometimes it's called a, a, a drug hypersensitivity syndrome. Um, so as it says in the name this is a condition that is caused following um, particular drugs. So um, drugs that you should be thinking about in relation to dress include um, anti-epileptic medications, um, allopurinol and things like um, sulfanamides as well. So those are kind of medications that you want to be ha have in mind um, when you're thinking about dress syndrome. Um, moving on to kind of like the clinical picture that dress might present with. So with drug rashes, what's really, really important um, in your interview and in clinical practice is to establish the timeline. So the onset is really, really important. And in your clinical history, you'd want to be asking um, about, you know, medications and new medications that a patient might be on at the moment and might have started within the preceding, we usually say about three months. Um, and for dress in particular, the onset is between two to six weeks. So that's an important kind of time frame for you to be thinking about and narrowing down your differentials. Um, and then in terms of um, other important things in the clinical history, and Naren, you can add to this after if there's anything yeah. you want to add, but in terms of the, the sort of clinical picture that people with dress syndrome might present with. So typically a fever will precede um, a, a more biliform eruption, um, and that's the rash they will usually have. This is also associated with, you know, key hallmark features like facial edema, lymph adenopathy and blood abnormalities. Um, so, so those are kind of key things in the clinical history that might guide you towards a diagnosis of dress syndrome. Naren, is there anything else in the clinical history that you think would be important in yep. identifying dress syndrome? Yeah, no, those are all really good points. And that's a key thing to remember the um, latency period. So different drug rashes have different latency periods. And for dress, it can be a lot longer than you expect. So like Manpreet said, between two and six weeks, sometimes even longer. So you really need to get an accurate drug history, usually from the GP if it's an inpatient as well, because you know they may have just been admitted. So that's one thing. And yeah, anticonvulsants are the most common drug culprit for dress followed by allopurinol and antibiotics, especially sulfonamide. So that's really key to look out for those. Those are the most, the key ones. Um, and yes, fever, this widespread sort of mobiliform. When we say mobiliform, it means measles-like. So it's like macular papillary eruption. Lymphadenopathy is really important as well. 
Um, obviously, that would be something in the examination rather than your history, but that's something to be aware of. And like Manpreet said, systemic symptoms, feeling unwell, fevers, um, blood abnormality. So eosinophilia, liver failure, renal failure. Um, essentially, this is a severe drug reaction because you've got systemic and organ involvement and it's not just the skin. Um, so th those would be the, like you said, and it's really important to differentiate between a simple drug er eruption and a severe drug eruption. So you really do need the whole picture and the whole history investigations, um, which we will go on to. Yeah, uh, exactly that. So we'll move on to... Um... Uh, so, so in terms of the examination, when when someone has stress syndrome, so um, ex exactly like Naren said, you know, lymphadenopathy is something that people often forget, but that actually will set you apart in a dermatology interview and also in dermatology clinical practice. It's really important. So, you know, you want to do a full skin examination of this patient. You know, you want to be able to estimate the body surface area that is affected. Um, and you know, when you're describing a rash, like Naren said, uh, this morbilliform kind of of um, uh, nature of the rash but you know being comfortable with you know is it macular is it papular um, so so that dermatology terminology is also really really important um, but yeah so in dress it would be a more mobiliform eruption um, and um, you, you would also get the lymphadenopathy you'd get the facial swelling that we that we mentioned that may or may not always be present um, and um, you know, sometimes you can also get um, mucosal involvement. So that's also another thing to, to add, you know, because these are small details that can often be missed. So, you know, people often will say we'll do a full skin examination, but mentioning checking the, the mucosal membranes and also um, for lymphadenopathy. And then in terms of investigation, so one of the key things that, that you might notice is kind of derangements in um, liver function. You, you might also um, notice... Um, other derangements in the bloods. Naren, do you want to add to that? Yes. So yeah, as you said, liver derangement. So you can get a trans uh, Um, You can get an AKI. You can also get an eosinophilia. You can also get hematological abnormalities. So thrombocytopenia. So it's just important to ensure full blood count, renal profile, liver profile, coagulation are all done at the minimum. Um, the other thing to add about the examination is it's really important for interviews and for real life as well to comment on important negatives. So for example, like uh, Manpreet said, you need to do a full skin examination. You need to explicitly say you're going to do look at the mucosal services, including the oral mucosa, and genital mucosa that's really really important and commenting on the lack of ulceration blistering pustules because those you know you're you're sort of ruling out other differentials um so really important to, to as well as describing the rash is commenting on the important negatives and making sure you do a mucosal and skin examination um in terms of the investigations as well i think it's always good practice and in exams, they want you to be sort of pragmatic and practical and assess it in a sort of A, B, C, D, E fashion. Um, does the patient look well? Um, are they talking to you? Are they shivering? What are their obs? Um, still commenting on those, even though it is a dermatology um, scenario, it's still very important because they can be quite unwell with this, actually. And they can end up on HD or ITU. 
Um, in terms of further investigation, so obviously start off with the bedside ones, blood tests, etc. Um, and then you may consider a skin biopsy. So we do sometimes do skin biopsy for severe drug reactions, especially if the diagnosis is not clear. Uh, but you wouldn't jump into doing a skin biopsy before you've done assessments and blood. Um, so that is something definitely you can also comment on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like Naren said, thinking about the important negatives, but also thinking about any red flags that might direct you to a different differential diagnosis. So, you know, things like widespread blistering and things like mucosal involvement might actually point you towards is this SJS or TEN, which we'll cover in a separate video. So, you know, always like Naren said, think about the important negatives, but also those um, red flags that might direct you um, to a different differential. Um, and then on the topic of differentials, so when you're talking about dress, um, you want to, in your interview and you know, also in clinical practice, to be able to think of other differentials that, that this um, drug rash might represent. And an important differential to be able to rule in or rule out appropriately would be SJS or TEN, like, which like I said, we will cover in um, uh, a separate video and also AGEP. Um, so, um, Naren, did you want to touch on AGEP? Because I know yeah. we were discussing. Yeah, so AGEP is um, acute generalized um, extensive postulosis, which is another severe drug reaction. However, it's not common. I mean, none of them are common. Um, I'd be surprised if they asked about AGEP in your interview, but I think it's just be good to be aware of the three main severe drug reactions, which is DRESS, AGEP, and SJS slash TEN, which is a sort of spectrum. So in terms of AGEP, um, this is a very quick onset drug reaction. So in contrast, the timeline, you know, the um, from the medication onset to the rash is a lot quicker, is days rather than weeks as compared to DRESS. So that's one important um, sort of distinction. And they get this widespread um, erythematous eruption that usually starts in the flexures and then spreads. And what's classical about AGEP is you get these little monomorphic, which means all the same size and sort of shape, pustules studded on top of the rash. So you get this sort of all of these one to two millimeters little sterile pustules on top of this erythematous rash. So I'd recommend Googling it so you know what it looks like. The most common culprit to cause AGEP are antibiotics, including penicillins and sulfonamides. They can be quite unwell with AGEP, uh, but it's a lot quicker to resolve um, than DRESS and SJS and TEN. Um, they can also have associated blood abnormalities, um, in particular a neutrophilia. Um, so that's another important severe drug reaction to look out for. Again, like Manpreet said, as with all drug rashes, the way you approach it is really important, making an assessment of the whole patient. Are they well? Are they unwell? Looking at the parameters, looking at their blood tests um, and thinking of differentials. Um, and particularly with AGEP, I guess you want to think of any postulate differentials. What else gives you widespread postulate pustules? Um, well, postulate psoriasis can, and they're usually very unwell as well. Um, if you're thinking of more blisters, something like pemphigus, although the, 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 we're going in a bit too detailed now, so I won't go down that pathway. But yes, AGEP is another severe drug rash to be aware of. Yeah, thanks, Naren. That's really helpful because I think, you know, to be able to give other differentials, um, 
it is, you know, demonstrates your wider breadth of knowledge. And that's um, a really good one to be able to to understand and, and to be able to offer. So then yeah. moving on to kind of like the management of dress. Um, so like Naren said, I think one of the most important things for the dermatology interview is to be systematic. So um, the way that I usually approach it is to say, you know, my management would be in close consultation with the dermatology consultant on call and also the BAD guidelines. Um, and I think that's really, really important because, you know, you will be consulting the guidelines when, when you need to. And also your consultant on call for someone that you I suspect has dress and and mentioning that early on is is really important I guess that the crux of kind of dress would be to stop the drug so that's one of the most important things to do yeah. and to say and people often can forget to say that so stopping the the culprit medication that you think it might be and again that you know the clinical history is so important in identifying that um and you know appropriate referral of this patient you know are they really unwell do they need to go to a hdu setting or an itu setting like naren mentioned you know um what are the other sort of supportive measures that we need to take uh, into account you know if they've got a fever they might need um, they might have insensible losses they might need fluids they might need paracetamol appropriate analgesia um so you know if they've got internal organ involvement you know derangement of lfts do they need referral to gastroenterology um so these are the sorts of things that you want to be thinking about in their immediate um management as well so you know making sure they are appropriately resuscitated if they are unwell and then the longer term touching upon those referrals that they might need and then also thinking about actually do we need to do a skin biopsy are we unsure of what the diagnosis might be yeah i completely agree with that and to be honest for most of these severe drug reactions, the mainstay of treatment is supportive. So it's recognizing it early, stopping the drug and supporting them because with DRESS, with SJSTEN, um, they can get multi-organ failure. So it's really important to be aware involving the right teams. And as Manpreet says, you need to be, you know, in the scenario, they're probably going to say you're a new registrar or whatever. You need to be involving your consultant on call. And then if need be, you need to be liaising with the medics, with the ITU team as appropriate. So you just need to be safe as well. Um, and I mean, there are some other treatments that, you know, can be reported to be used and dressed, but I don't think you should get bogged down in the details because actually there's mixed evidence for it. And even in practice, um, it really depends. So for dress, for really, really severe cases, sometimes prednisolone is used, sometimes cyclosporin is used. Um, and for SJS, there's a lot of controversy about using IVIG and so on. So I wouldn't get bogged down in those finer details because actually even in practice, mainstay of treatment is stopping the drug and supportive. Um, and the other really important thing is skin-directed therapies. So um, think about, for example, so in patients with dress, like Manpreet said, they're going to have insensible losses. They're probably going to have need IV fluids. And another thing is um, their skin barrier, protecting their skin barrier. So we do like to use 50-50, which is, you know, a thick barrier emollient, uh, which is paraffin essentially, because as they start to heal as well, they're going to be decimating. So using skin direct therapy sometimes is useful as well. Yeah, perfect. Um, so that's kind of like a whistle stop tour through dress syndrome, and um, we will be covering some of the other important drug uh, reactions to be aware of in, in another video. Hope that. Yeah. Was
No, that's very good. And actually what you said was really important about consulting guidelines, because we do that in practice. And um, before your interview, I would recommend going through the BAD guidelines for just, you know, I have to like memorize them, but just have a sort of idea for the important things because the BAD guidelines are pretty good. Yep, so that's the British Association of Dermatologists guidelines, just in case. Sorry for using so many acronyms. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I definitely used those guidelines when I was preparing for my interview and they were really, really helpful. Yeah, really helpful and practical. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Perfect. So we can finish that one.